Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Joining us today are Mary Barra, GM's chair and CEO, Paul Jacobson, GM's executive vice president and CFO, and Kyle Boat. CEO of Cruise. Dan Burst, President and CEO of GM Financial, will also join us for the Q&A portion of the call. Before we begin, I'd like to direct your attention to the forward-looking statements on the first page of our presentation. The content of our call will be governed by this language. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And on this week's episode, or not on this week's, on today's episode, we are going to talk about GM's Q1 2023 earnings call. This this one will be pretty short. There was a lot of financial talk uh, that I cut out, but there is still some good information, which I made sure to include. So let's go ahead and jump into Mary Barra's opening remarks. By the way, if you don't know, Mary Barra is GM's uh, CEO. We delivered more than 20,000 EVs in the U.S. in the quarter on the strength of record both EV and EUV sales and rising Cadillac Lyric deliveries. This moves us up to the second market position and increased our EV market share by 800 basis points. We also continue to sell more trucks in the U.S. than anyone by a wide margin. At the same time, our EV volumes and market share are growing as cell production rises and our teams master new hardware, software, and manufacturing technologies that we are deploying. As Paul and I have shared, we plan to produce 400,000 EVs over the course of 22, 23, and the first half of 2024, including 50,000 EVs in North America in the first half of this year and double that in the second half. So far this year, we've built more than 2,000 Cadillac Lyrics, and production will continue to rise to help us meet pent-up demand. Most GMC Hummer EV models are shipping from factory zero, and production is scaling. Our production ramp is carefully cadenced as we add additional trim series to the Hummer EV pickup and begin production of Edition 1 SUV. The team at Cami has now built more than 500 Bright Drop Zevo 600 vans, and the Zevo 400 begins production in the second half of the year and we've added Perlator and Rider as customers. We already have 340 fleet customers for the Silverado EV, and the team at Ramos Arispe is making great progress preparing for the launches of the Blazer EV and the Equinox EV in the second half of the year. 
All of this is enabled by rising production at Ultium cells in Ohio, which we expect to reach full capacity at the end of the year. Everything we learned in Ohio will be applied to our next two Ultium cell plants, including in Tennessee, where we will begin hiring and training production workers in a matter of weeks. Work also continues to transform our assembly plant in Orion Township, Michigan, to build the DMC Sierra EV and the Chevrolet Silverado EV. We have progressed so far that it's now time to plan to end the Chevrolet Bolt EV and EUV production, which will happen at the very end of the year. When Orion EV assembly reopens in 2024 and reaches full production, employment will nearly triple and will have a company-wide capacity to build 600,000 electric trucks annually. We'll need this capacity because our trucks more than measure up to our customers' expectations, and we'll demonstrate that work and EV range are not mutually exclusive terms for Chevrolet and GMC trucks, so stay tuned. As we scale EVs, we will lower fixed costs and will continue to drive margin improvements we outlined at Investor Day. This includes optimizing our pouch cells for energy density, range, and cost using new approaches pioneered at our Wallace Battery Center and by our technology partners. And we announced this morning that we're also working with Samsung SDI to add cylindrical and prismatic cells to our portfolio. Having multiple strong cell partners will allow us to expand into new segments more quickly, grow our annual EV assembly capacity in North America significantly above 1 million units, and integrate cells directly into battery packs to reduce weight, complexity, and cost. Reducing vehicle complexity and expanding the use of shared subsystems between ICE and EV programs is another priority. For example, we are reducing the overall complexity of our software configurations and related hardware on all future ICE and EV products. One important part of our efforts includes the reduction of infotainment screen configurations by 60% across our entire portfolio. By reducing complexity, we can focus on delivering new and improved digital experiences much more quickly. We also expect that our supply chain will be an even bigger competitive advantage starting in 26 and 27 because of the direct investments we've made in lithium, nickel, and other commodities, as well as CAM, which will allow us to purchase significant quantities of material on favorable commercial terms. All of this is coming together in a way that will fundamentally change the narrative that traditional automakers can't deliver competitive EV margins. We have a lot of work to do but we have the right trajectory, and I believe we can get there much faster than people think. And I think that GM is doing a really good job of laying the groundwork for electric vehicles. So let's go over these opening remarks. First of all, 20,000 EVs in Q1, a great number for GM. I'm not going to say it's a great number at all. For the auto industry, but great number for GM. It is really unfortunate that the Bolt is going away. Uh, the Bolt was originally built with mainly LG parts, or at least the main parts of the car are, are from LG, like the battery management controller, the batteries all with uh, LG. It was It's mostly an LG vehicle with a GM or Chevy body wrapped around it. So it makes sense that they're switching to the Ultium platform. However, the Bolt's a fairly popular car. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bolt came back in some capacity, whether that was under a different line or if that is, you know, something that Chevy starts building again, just cheaper than maybe $25,000 
like you've got the Chevy Blazer starting around $40,000. The Equinox starts at $30,000. It would make sense to me that if Chevy could possibly do it, it would be attractive to have a vehicle starting under $25,000, between twenty dollars and $25,000. It's an EV, and the Bolt would really be a nice fit for that. And you can do this by upgrading the Bolt to the Ultium platform, maybe changing the form factor a little bit, making it a little bit smaller of a vehicle, and then taking out some of the range while still keeping it a very nice and compelling vehicle. Those are just That's just me speculating. They sold 2,000 Cadillac Lyrics during that same time period in Q1 2023. Uh, they sold some Bright Drop vans. GM is moving forward with building out their EV portfolio. They're working on all that infrastructure stuff that they talked about. Um, But when they start building these vehicles at scale, we're going to have to see what kind of hurdles they run into and how they overcome those. She mentioned, and I don't remember if I put this in the in the opening remarks or not, because I did edit the opening remarks. I should let you know that there was a bunch of other stuff in there, but I took it out that because it wasn't relevant to the show. But she did mention. Cylindrical cells, prismatic cells, and pouch cells. If you don't know, the cylindrical cells are like the 2170 cells that Tesla uses, 18650, 4680 battery cells. Those are all, they look like a battery, like a normal AA battery or D-sized battery. They're just bigger. And then you have prismatic cells, which are shaped like a little rectangle box of, uh, some people have described it as gum. I don't, I don't think it looks like that at all but basically it's their layered materials in this rectangle form factor and then you have pouch cells which look like a pouch interestingly enough um they're lightweight they're easily adaptable it's easy to save space they tend to be a little less hardy than the other type of cells that are out there however when we finally get to the point of solid state cells at least initially, they're going to come in the pouch form factor. So whenever automakers are talking about uh, developing their pouch cells, this leads me to think that they're working on some sort of solid-state battery cell. And if you don't know, solid-state batteries don't have a liquid electrolyte. And theoretically, these cells could charge much faster. They're not going to suffer as much degradation. There's less of a chance of them catching on fire because they shouldn't be able to form dendrites, which are the things that uh, short out in a battery cell that could cause fire later on. They're kind of like the holy grail of battery technology. However, it's also very expensive and it hasn't been proved you know, to work outside of a lab. So whenever these companies talk about pouch cells, that's what I assume they're working on is solid state batteries. They just don't want to say solid state batteries. I do not know if that's what Mary Barra is talking about here, but that's, that's where my mind goes to, but that doesn't mean that's what they're talking about. And I do recognize that when solid state batteries finally do come out in a commercial uh, setting, They may not be pouch cells. It's just right now, that's more than likely going to be their first form factor. They'll come in pouch cells, more than likely. Have I hedged my bets enough on this? Okay, let's move on. One of the advantages the Ultium platform has is, is it allows GM to plug in any of the cells that we just mentioned into the platform, which gives GM and the brands that uh, they own more flexibility when building these vehicles. 
I'm not sure if I cut this next part out or not, but uh, at some point in time, they talked about reducing software complexity, which I assume means no Android Auto or CarPlay. GM will build their own infotainment system based on a Google platform. It's not Android Auto. It's something different. This leaves some consumers concerned because automakers aren't really known (laughs) for keeping their software up to date. And the fear is, is that GM will lose interest and just let that infotainment system languish. At least if you have Android Auto or CarPlay, you can basically mirror your phone on the car, and that gives you some sense that your system is up to date. Like my wife and I paid extra for the Maps package, for instance, on our van, which we bought quite a few years ago. If we wanted to update those maps, we would have to pay Chrysler to update those maps when I could just use the maps on my phone and get to where I need to be. It wasn't the best purchase, to be honest with you. But that leads us into the second fear that some consumers have, and that is that GM will nickel and dime you to death with service subscriptions. Like you want heated seats, it's $10 a month. You want windshield wipers, that's going to be $3 a month. You want to use reverse, $6 a month. Otherwise, you just got to go in circles. And honestly, I think this is a legitimate fear. Uh, I'm not saying GM will do it. I'm just saying it's a legitimate fear. One of the last things before we get to the cruise update is GM is reducing 5,000 executives from their organization. And this isn't something that was in there. I cut it out. But this is a voluntary separation, but it's going to save them a billion dollars by 5,000 people voluntarily leaving. It's going to save them a billion dollars. Next up, we're going to hear from Kyle Vogt, who is the CEO of Cruise, and we're going to get a a quick update on GM's autonomous efforts. Uh, I'd like to give a brief update on our progress. Since last quarter, our driverless fleet has increased by 86% from 130 to 242 concurrently operating OEDs. We've completed over 1.5 million driverless miles, and the pace continues to accelerate. Our first million miles took us about 15 months to complete, while the next million million miles will likely take less than three. We're also regularly completing over 1,000 driverless trips with passengers every day, and we're seeing strong retention from our early users. This is significant quarter-over-quarter growth, and our service is well-liked, but we've had limits on when and where it operates. But today I'm excited to share that right now, a small portion of our fleet is now serving driverless rides 24 hours a day across all of San Francisco. For us, this is a milestone years in the making and represents that our driverless fleet has real commercial value. We're completing the work needed to roll it out to the rest of our driverless fleet as soon as we can. Another key part of rapid scaling is a readily available supplier vehicles. Fortunately, our purpose-built and cost-optimized AV, the Cruise Origin, will be testing in Austin soon. This vehicle has been validated almost entirely in simulation reducing our historical reliance on expensive and time-consuming supervised test mileage collection. The launch of the Origin is a critical step on our path to profitability as well and towards hitting a billion dollars in revenue in 2025. We remain on track and slightly ahead as of today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't really have anything to add here. I was given access to... uh, the cruise program in my area in Arizona. Unfortunately, it requires you to ride after 10 p.m., which I go to bed at nine. So I'm, I'm not able to, to accommodate that. But, um, yeah, as soon as they open it up here in Arizona, 24 hours or at least during daylight hours, I will be happy to test out the service and get back to you. Next up, we're going to hear from Paul Jacobson, GM CFO. And just so you know, I did edit this clip, so it only included the EV stuff that I thought was relevant and that I thought you would like to hear. So let's go ahead and listen to Paul. I'm pleased to report a strong start to the year as the team continues to execute on our transformation. We're strategically transitioning the business while at the same time leveraging our important ICE portfolio with new and refreshed products driving continued robust demand for our vehicles while pricing has remained stable. We're also excited to bring on incremental EV volumes, particularly in the second half of the year, as we increase battery cell production at Ultium cells. And as Mary mentioned, we took initial steps in Q1 towards implementing our $2 billion cost initiative, of which we now expect to realize about 50% in 2023, with a majority of this benefit occurring in the back half of the year. The performance-based exits and roughly 5,000 individuals who participated in the voluntary severance program will drive approximately a billion dollars towards this target. But people cost is just one of several areas we're focusing on. The remaining billion dollars will come from the following initiatives. Actions to reduce complexity across the portfolio and throughout the business in everything we do from vehicle design to engineering and manufacturing. Prioritizing our growth initiatives. We simply cannot do everything. We're focusing on projects like cruise, bright drop, and software-defined vehicles, 
which offer the biggest returns on revenue and margin. And lastly, we're being tactical on overhead and discretionary costs, including corporate travel, IT costs, and marketing spend. These actions will have a near-term impact on costs, but we also outlined a number of additional medium to long-term opportunities at our Investor Day in November last year, which we are aggressively pursuing. For example, we're developing a fully integrated battery ecosystem and taking a portfolio approach to battery raw materials. We will source from a mix of established and early-stage miners, giving us both security of supply and lower pricing volatility. These are meaningful advantages as we scale into the back half of the decade. The Treasury Department's recent guidance on the Clean Energy Consumer Purchase Incentive also validated our battery supply chain work with our entire fleet of EVs under the MSRP cap qualifying for the full $7,500 incentive this year. As Mary mentioned, we are making great progress towards our goal of 1 million units of North America EV capacity in 2025. As we scale and launch multiple high-volume EVs in strategically important segments, we will see the benefits of the Ultium platform expand and help us deliver margins in the low to mid-single digits um, by 2025. In closing, I also want to say how proud and thankful I am for all of our amazing team members for their tireless efforts. They've executed quarter after quarter and delivered two consecutive years of record profits despite many external challenges. Needless to say, my optimism for GM's long-term potential remains very high. All right. I have a very brief comment on this. Um, the two of the three things that they're prioritizing are cruise, software, and then the third thing is bright drop, which is the delivery van. But they are prioritizing cruise and software because of the revenue source, which to me is software subscriptions, which... Uh, I don't mind software subscriptions in cars, but it makes me really nervous. This whole thing makes me very nervous, and I might be reading too much into this. Let me know if I am. My email is Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. Let's move on to our analyst questions. We only have two of them. The first one asks about developments in North America and China. I actually thought this was a really good question. I'm hoping you can maybe just broadly address the developments that we're seeing in North America and China and the EV market. It, it does look like competition is pretty aggressive in, in both areas. So I was uh, wondering if anything that you're seeing is surprising to you, and um, are there strategic adjustments that that you are making as you kind of observe the market dynamics uh, in both markets, North America and China? Maybe you could uh, provide a little color on on how you adjust strategy in, in real time. So, so let me, Rod, um, appreciate the question. Uh, let me start with China. You know, as, as Paul said, the industry is pretty tough right now. It's still recovering from COVID. Uh, pricing is, aggress- is very aggressive, as you know. And when you look at the fundamentals of the industry in China, you know, you've got 50% capacity utilization. You've got more than 100 brands competing. That, I don't think that's a, a, a steady state. Uh that you can look at. But if you look a little longer term from a country perspective, I mean, there's still tremendous growth, and I think the market can still be strong and, and have uh, great profitability um, potential. So from a GM-specific perspective, uh, you know, we're launching the right EVs right now uh, off the LTM platform. Uh, I think 24 and 25 are going to be key years for us as we uh, not only get the right EV products in market that we think will compete uh, at the right price, 
uh, that allows us to be profitable, but then we're also aggressively pursuing improvements from a structural cost perspective across across our China operations. So, you know, I think China is in a um, period right now because of where the industry is and the number of competitors with the pricing challenges that will sort, and I think we'll be well positioned. We do have brands that have, uh, you know, value in the country, and we're going to have the right EV portfolio there. And frankly, right now our ICE portfolio is is strong, and so that's going to enable us to fund fund it as we look at the the price challenges. You know, from a U.S. perspective, our main focus right now is, is is twofold. One is getting the EVs out there. You know, we're launching the battery plants, the module, the assembly, and then the vehicle. Uh, also, at the same time, from a from a uh, Cadillac Lyric perspective, we're launching, um, you know, it's really the first vehicle with Altify. So there's a lot, a lot of new. That's why we have a very measured cadence as we're ramping. You know, we're now, the battery cell plant is flowing uh, very well, and that is enabling us now to really focus on module and pack, which we're doing. That's why we, we said even at the beginning of the year that the second half is when you're really going to see the, the curve start to accelerate, and we're on track to do that. Um, so we're really focused on getting the vehicles out there because we think we priced them right to begin with. When you look at, you know, where the Lyric is below, you know, starts below 60000 or right at 60000 you know, the, the the Equinox at, um, you know, around 30000 the Blazer, you know, uh, in the mid mid forty. These are price points that I think are very important. And then when you look at the vehicles from a styling technology perspective, I think they're going to be great. While we're working to really get these vehicles out there because the the uh, customer response is, is so strong, we're also working on costs. And so the two billion dollar um, you know structural cost reduction that we're working is, as Paul indicated, we, you know we're we're doing well on that, uh, and you know we'll continue to look for those opportunities. But then we're also looking at how do we continue uh, to to drive improvements from a um, from a, both an ICE and the EV margin perspective. And there's a tremendous amount of work going on there. So, you know, get the vehicles out, continue to work on, on pricing um, or on costs so you can uh, have the right price is really the focus that we have right now. And this is going to be a critical year for that. But as Paul and I both said, we believe even with, you know, not only the challenges of commodities, but also the pricing pressures, we still think we are well positioned to achieve the um, low mid-single um, low to mid single digit margins in uh, 2025. One of the things that surprised me the most is somebody who talks about this stuff all the time. There are a hundred EV brands competing in the Chinese market. That is insane. Some of those brands are bound to fail. I hope it's not Neo or one of the other companies that I like there, but yeah, that's crazy. And then she talked about the North American market, which I think this applies also to the Chinese market as well, or any market for that matter, is they're really building the infrastructure for the EVs rather than relying relying too heavily on suppliers and off-the-shelf parts, kind of like they did with the Bolt. All right, our final question is, what was the biggest surprise of the quarter, which I thought was a fantastic question. So let's let's hear the answer. Well, what do you think has been the biggest surprise this quarter on the positive? You know, something where from either from a production perspective, cost, or even efficiency from a development. I mean, in, in specific on the EV side, um, you know, especially given the transformation that's happening. Uh, great question. And I would say it's, it's multiple um, that I've been extremely pleased with the organization on how uh, we keep finding ways to drive efficiency. When I talked about the fact that our screen configurations, you know, we're, we're reducing by 60% uh, 
So really dialing in on how do we reduce complexity on EVs by the way it benefits ICE as well to be able to have the right models with the right features and then the ability to really start taking advantage of the software platform. That's what's really, you know, being rolled out now that we have Altium and Altify. And so that that is something that I, I'm really proud of the team, uh, of what they're doing. And then, you know, just overall, I knew we had a strong product set, but, you know, the strong customer and dealer reaction that we're seeing to the product uh, that we put out from an EV perspective, I think that also gives me a lot of confidence in, in the strength of execution. And then finally, you know, even as we're in a year of, 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 of rapid launches, I think we haven't had uh, this many launches, uh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, for more than a decade. The team still uh, very aggressively is working to take cost out as, as signified of what we've been able to do with taking, you know, 15% of the leadership structure out, which is – and the – uh, way that the teams are looking to optimize, reduce complexity, become more agile. So it's not only we, I feel we have the right products uh, and we're really reducing complexity. I think we have the right culture that is really driving a, uh, you know, a continuous improvement mindset from a cost perspective. So, Dan, those are the two things I'm most proud of. All right. That concludes the Q1 2023 earnings call for General Motors. I was really surprised that nobody asked questions about Apple's CarPlay or Android Auto being removed from GM's infotainment system. Nobody asked what GM would be doing with that new infotainment system and whether or not they would be offering subscriptions through that uh, platform. And then no one asked any further questions on the Bolt. They're just ready to accept it. They're like, okay, the Bolt's out of here. See you later, buddy. Which seems sad to me. Uh, Poor Bolt. All right, everybody, that is it for me today. If you have questions, you can email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you on Friday. Everybody, I really appreciate all your questions today, and I want to close by reiterating what I said as we um, opened the call. I really believe we have the right products and strategies in place to continue to deliver strong results, and although we have a lot of work to do, there's a lot of execution as we ramp up EVs, I believe that's where GM shines. We have the capability to, to execute, and that's exactly what we're going to do, and I believe that we're going to do it faster than most people think. In addition, this is a milestone year for crews as they continue to expand their commercial operations. And, you know, with the EVs that we have coming, I really think it's a breakout year for Altium. So I look forward to sharing updates uh, along the way, and I really appreciate your time today. So I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you for your participation. Participants, you may disconnect at this time.